Um, before I introduce my friend, uh, Chad Norris, who's wishing I would just shut up and sit down so he could get up here. He's got the prophetic twitch. I saw his leg doing that a little bit earlier. So it was 278 years ago today on April 30th of 1739 that George Whitfield wrote in his journal on this day, 278 years ago, he wrote, certainly God is about to bring mighty things to pass. When I read that this morning, I said, Brother George, I am hijacking your journal entry and I'm going to tattoo it across this season for New Bridge Church. God is about to do mighty things. Let me give you this. And Chad, if you'll come up here, come on up. Uh, Chad Norris, um, for a season in my life, was a, a rescue raft, a life preserver. I was a Baptist pastor who had had radical encounters personally with the Holy Spirit for many years and thought I would be able to just continue to keep that private, except how many of you know that when the Holy Spirit begins to move and swell inside of you, it's like too much air in a balloon. Something's going to pop. And I was reaching that popping stage. And so I was really in a crisis. Um, Lord, how am I going to steward what you're doing in me? Lord, the church that I served doesn't really walk in these things. They're opposed to some of these things. And I was in a crisis. Should I quit? Should I resign? Should I just continue to try to be a, a closet charismatic, so to speak? I didn't know what to do. And so I went on a sabbatical, and I was reading several books. And one of the books I was reading on my, my tablet had a link to it. And the book was called Signs, Wonders, and a Baptist Preacher. That was the name of the book. And the author was Chad Norris, whom I had never met. I downloaded the book immediately. I read it in one day, and in the back of it, there was a hyperlink that had Chad's email address. I don't even know if you knew that was in there, but it was like, you, you give a starving man a cracker, and he's going to say, this is the best cracker I've had. That was the best email address I've ever found. So I emailed Chad. I explained the situation, and he agreed to meet with Amy and myself when we drove up to Greenville. It began a relationship and a friendship that has only grown stronger over the last four years. Chad pastors Bridgeway Church in Greenville, North Carolina. Chad was, uh, excuse me, South Carolina. And uh, see, he is prophetic. Did you see that? Boom, boom, boom. Um, he, Chad was reared Baptist, just like many of us in this room. Uh, Chad had an encounter, which he may allude to in this message this morning, that um, radically transformed his life. If any of you are familiar with Darren Wilson's films, uh, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost Reborn, Finger of God, um, Father of Lights, uh, Chad is part of that too. He was interviewed in a couple of those and takes pl uh, part in that. Um, I think the best thing I can say about Chad is this. It's concerning Newbridge. There would not be a Newbridge had there not been the use of Chad Norris by the hand of God, there would not be because there's no way I could have been ready for my part to play. And so as I am introducing Chad, I'm, I'm introducing my friend, but today I'm putting myself under what God's going to say through Chad Norris today. And I'm calling this church to listen. I told Chad, say whatever you want to say, we need to hear from the father this morning. And so I want you to welcome him as he breaks the bread of life and shares the word with us this morning. Chad, welcome. would move this, but I don't want to break it. That'd be a bad start. I'm not much of a podium kind of guy. I'll just move it right here. Uh, I want to thank uh, Dustin and Michelle for 
uh, hosting last night at your house. I think the Father wants you guys to give me your property and your house. Uh, you can keep the jackass that's in the uh, yard, and I'll take the horses. And I want to thank Jeff and Amy for, for uh, having me. I'm really excited about this morning. I don't have, like, uh, canned sermons. I hated God my entire life. I thought he hated me. Then I had a radical encounter with Jesus Christ 15 years ago. And uh, I've pretty much just been in friendship with him since then. And whenever I travel, I ask a very complicated question. Father, what are you saying? What do you want me to share with wherever I'm at? And I've never come close to preaching anything. I don't even know if you call this preaching. I'm basically about to prophesy for, well, it was going to be 45 minutes and Jeff talked forever. Now I only have about 30. Now I got 40 minutes. This guy, he's a regular preacher. He talks all the time. Um, I'm basically going to prophesy what I've been hearing from heaven over the past 48 hours about Newbridge. This isn't a canned sermon. I'll never give it again. It's not for any other house. It's, it's, uh, it's from the Father, by the way. It's not from Jesus or Holy Spirit. It's from the Father. If you go to heaven right now, you'd be a little confused because Jesus is still obsessed with the Father. Jesus said in John, very strange passage, the Father who is greater than I am. If you get to Jesus, but you don't get to the Father, you'll never experience eternal life because eternal life is not heaven. It's not a place. John 17, 3, this is eternal life that they may know you, Father. Jesus came to obliterate the demonic realm, hand the keys that belong to Adam and Eve in the garden back to you, and then to connect you to the Father. It was never in the Lord's mind. It still is not to connect you to a place. I love what you said about apartment, as long as my apartment is pretty big. I don't want a small apartment like you said this morning. People get more obsessed with going to heaven than they do the Father. And eternal life is, is right now. Everybody say now. It's now. It's right now. Eternal life is not going to a destination, to a place. It's going to the Father. I honestly believe if most evangelicals went to heaven and realized the Father wasn't there, they probably wouldn't even care. Because most of our theology is about avoiding hell and going into heaven. Yet Jesus never preached that. He only talked about the message of born again one time. That's at 3 o'clock in the morning with one person. <laughs> we build universities upon that theology, that ideology. All Jesus preached was the gospel of the kingdom. It's all Paul preached. The gospel of the kingdom is now. I grew up Baptist. We sang this song all the time about, uh, I'll fly away, oh, I'll fly away. It's a great song, but it makes you passive because we just can't wait until he just, we just go up there with him right now. He doesn't want you with him right now. He wants you here because he actually sees you as a literal ambassador. Christian was a word, it was a derogatory term given by the Romans. Paul calls us ambassadors, sojourners, foreigners. I go to Haiti a lot. I take trips to Haiti. Why in the world do they eat cheese at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, drink wine, and why does the language have a French uh, culture to it? Because Haiti is a colony of France. You go to Bahamas, you drive on the wrong side of the road, they still honor the queen, Grand Cayman, the same thing. Why? Because those colonies are intended to look like the homeland. No difference in what Jesus came to proclaim, specifically Paul. Even church in Greek is ecclesia. It's more of a governmental term. It was never in the Father's mind to just be so nice and benign that we're no threat to the enemy and we just, the goal of our lives is to never say a cuss word and don't, just don't mess up. And we define our Christianity by what we're not doing. 
So how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, man. I hadn't really sinned that much this week. Okay, okay, that's not what I asked you. Tell me what you're doing to advance the kingdom. Do you know that you can make character and discipline a God and an idol? I have some just great news. I don't have anything that rhymes. This isn't a slick sermon. I'm just going to start telling you what the Father's been showing me. I want to read. I want to read this. He's never given me this over any other house. I don't, he's never given me this word. He told me to go to Wikipedia. And that was this morning. If you can't hear God, just go to Wikipedia. You'll get something. The Western allies of World War II launched the largest amphibious invasion in history when they assaulted Normandy, located on the northern coast of France on June 6, 1944. The invaders were able to establish a beachhead as a part of Operation Overlord after a successful D-Day, the first day of the invasion. I walked in this morning, I kept hearing beachhead, beachhead. And I'm like, this ought to be fun because I have no idea what he's talking about. And then 20 minutes later, he starts showing me a picture of the Father's plans on Newbridge. Now, I'm speaking uh, directly to the leadership of Newbridge and the people who call this place uh, family, call home. If you're on the leadership team here at Newbridge, can you stand up right now? Awesome. I'm going to speak a blessing over you guys and uh, that you would just receive this from the Father, not me. I'm just a guy. In the name of Jesus, may you hear these words from the Father's mouth. And Father, I'm asking you not one word come out of my mouth that's not from you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Oil always flows from the top down. You guys can be seated. Oil always flows from the top down. Where a leadership team goes, the church goes. Where a husband goes, the family goes. So many children suffer from a lack of identity in, the, in Father God's eyes because they don't have identity in their own earthly father. Oil flows from the top down. Mike Shula didn't win at Alabama. Mike DeBose didn't win at Alabama. They sure are winning now. I guess God just sovereignly moved at Alabama. No. First of all, God doesn't like Alabama because I'm a Georgia fan, so I know that right now. <laughs> you get different leadership at Alabama. Look, look at there. It's just magical what happens. Where leadership goes, an organization goes. Every school takes on the personality of its leadership team, of its principal. It's just the way it is. Where this leadership team goes, this church will go. There's an option at hand. There's a choice to make for this church. The Father is so pleased with Newbridge. I had no idea that today was day one of year two. Gosh, I have it in my notes. I was sitting in the parking lot at about 940. I said, Father, what's on your mind? And he knows that I love sports. And uh, growing up around sports, he said, Chad, uh, every, if you look at significant football coaches that have really won big, year two statistically is the year they win the biggest. Year one is a season of acclimation. When someone passes away, psychologists and counselors are trained to tell you, don't do anything different for one year. For one year, just be. When you get married, that first year is a, is a year of acclimation. For some of us, we misheard that in her decade, but it's a year of acclimation. When you have your first child, it's a year of acclimation. If any of you in here, when you had your first child, said, oh, this is easy. This is simple. I had to pray in tongue at night to go to bed. It, so, it, it complicated our lives. We didn't know what we were doing. The Father wants you to know, and I'm going to read a lot of this stuff and just flow in and out of it. Uh, Newbridge, the season of acclimation is over. 
the merge, there is no such thing as the merge anymore. This isn't two families. It's one. There's actually a danger in honoring the past too much because if you honor the past too much, you forget that God is always present, future-minded, always. He tells Paul, put your hand to the plow and don't look back. A lot of people look back to honor when the Father says, I, I love all that. It's actually a spirit of religion to continue to honor the past. It, the Father loves to look forward. I can prove this in Scripture. In scripture uh, Gideon, you valiant warrior. Well, he wasn't a valiant warrior. He scared the death farmer hiding in a vineyard. But God did not even see him in that current state. He saw what he was going to become. And so what God did is he spoke into Gideon's current reality. He didn't make up a lie. God, God's not like a say it to you, believe it. God literally saw Gideon as a valiant warrior and what he would become. But Gideon was left with the choice of whether or not to agree what the father spoke over Gideon. The most dangerous scariest verse to me in all the Old Testament, 1 Samuel 13, 13, when Saul falls and the, the prophet says to Saul, Samuel says to Saul, he would have established your throne over Israel forever, but you would not. Well, see, Gideon did lean into it. A prophetic word has never been a promise to anyone on this earth. I've got a big old fat book coming out this summer, and it's how to hear the Father's voice, how to flow in the prophetic, how to build deep friendship with God. And I say over and over and over, just because some, somebody speaks a word over you, even if you have a dream, even if you hear the audible voice of God and he speaks it over you, it's not a promise until you agree with it and obey it. You know, not all fear is bad. There ought to be something inside of you that is a little bit fearful to miss it. I've heard the audible voice of God three times in my life. Once at age five, once at age 22, and once five years ago. Even the audible voice of God. This really messes up people's theology. Even the audible voice of God, if it's not locked onto and walked out, it can become null and void and powerless if you choose out. Did Jesus chase Judas? No. We see what we do is we build theologies that basically identifies the Father as the author of sin. Literally. It's preached all around you, all in Atlanta, I promise you. The Father's not the author of sin. If we're not careful, we'll just say, well, que sera, sera. If that's what the Father wants, then let it be. That's not true. Uh-uh. I can tell you what the Father wants. He wants John 10.10 10 to be a reality in this church. He wants you guys to establish a literal regional beachhead and to see the demonic realm as not something to run from, but actually to run towards. And I'll explain what I'm talking about in a second. Did we get that picture up here? Okay, do you guys have that picture that Jeff texted you? It's not, it's okay. It won't work, That's okay. So June 5th, uh, Patton gave probably the most motivational speech in the history of our country to some young men off the coast of France. Both my grandfathers were part of World War II. One was a major, one was a Purple Heart in World War II. Uh, the fathers had me read military books most of my life. I've read a bunch of them. This is probably, could be argued, the most significant day in the history of the world minus the cross because what happened at Normandy would lead to an avalanche of the world looking drastically different than it would have if Hitler would uh, established control. Uh, so you can go study about that later. 
as I was reading about what happened on June 6 on Wikipedia here this morning, the Father was showing me, and I just want to read this out. Here is what's going on right now at Newbridge. Newbridge has an option to do two things, and the Father will be involved with both of them, but the choice is up to Newbridge. You can be a local church that is run like most churches, and the Father will not leave you. Or you can become a regional beachhead that will look very different from a normal church if you choose the second, which is what the Father desires, and you become a regional beachhead, then angels from all four corners will be released here. Angels actually are not allowed to be released here right now because it hasn't been declared in front of the church where this thing is going. Let me describe the difference in a local church and a regional beachhead. A local church is, looks like what most of us have grown up under. A regional beachhead is when churches and pastors and teams will come up under the covering of Dustin and come up under the covering of Jeff and the team, and actually Newbridge will have influence in the many other cultures. You will host many conferences, many workshops here, and this will actually be a sending place instead of using strategy to recruit people to get them to sit and pay tithes here. A lot of what we consider success, the Father has no idea what it is. What we do is we count success by how many people are sitting in the seats and how many people are giving. The Father doesn't count success that way. He counts success on Matthew 28, 19. He asks a question all the, all the time about churches. Who, who's being raised up and who's being sent? Raised up, sent. Raised up, sent. A regional beachhead is an apostolic center in the kingdom that will partner with many other churches. A local church actually does not have the desire to get into uh, the city, and you will not see many local churches partnering with other churches. This is why the Father put that book on your mind and you've been reading. I don't have any read it yet, but you've been you bought 10 of them. One choice that you have is a regional beachhead that actually you will encounter much more interference in the demonic realm, much more. Local church, not much interference. Here's why. The enemy's not really concerned about uh, local churches too much. He doesn't have to mess with them too much. The moment you say yes to an invitation to honestly to invite the angelic realm into a place, to where diversity starts exploding, the gifts start to exploding, the fivefold is in operation, There's, it's not a one-man show, women get elevated in ministry, and all the things we see in Ephesians start happening. The enemy hates that, hates it. When the Father used me to start elevating women in ministry, that went over really well in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, I thought that when we started stepping into signs and wonders, I thought that that would uh, upset the enemy. The elevating women in ministry upset him way more. By, by the way, it's Landon, right? Does your ear still feel good? Landon got healed this morning before we even came up here. Does it still feel good? Yeah, let's give God glory for that. I'm going to throw a scary verse up here. I'm not, I'm not trying to scare you with this, but I am trying to sober you up. Because here's the deal, even though he's very pleased with Newbridge, this is actually still in play for you guys. Um, let's go to Psalm 7841, Nick, if you don't mind. Yeah, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. You guys are in a position to where the... Okay, how do I say that? God's not like us. He is limitless. Most people do not have the courage or competency to come together with the merge. Most people just don't do it. That's why you don't see it that much. But there's different levels into the Father's heart, and not just his heart, but his mind. He thinks so much bigger than we do. It's, it's unbelievable how he is. So much bigger than, he's, he's telling me to tell a story right now. Let me, let me say this. All right, so uh, I did a series 
in one of the main sermons or two sermons was about elevating women in ministry. A lot of people left our church. Recently, um, we got two $31,000 gifts given to the church. And I asked the father, why uh, was it two, two gifts totaling $31,000 apiece? And he said, because you were obedient to me by elevating women in the church. And uh, those two checks, both of them uh, were uh, synonymous with, with Proverbs 31. And I want you to always be obedient to me. And if you'll be obedient, I'll give you resources and I'll provide everything you need. You don't need marketing. You don't need strategy and all that kind of stuff. And I said, that's awesome. Well, then a week later, the school that we're the covering for, Bridgeway Christian Academy, just happened to need a gift for $62,000. What's the whole point of this? All right. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be nice as I can. I'm a nice guy. A lot, of, a lot of people, specifically when it comes to teams, they will present something to God and ask him to bless it. I'm not saying that's evil. It's just stupidity. What you do is you say, God, we have no plans. What would you like for us to do? Yeah. And so here's what I'm saying about New Bridge, and I'm just going to let it flow. Here it goes. The fa if you will go before God and say, Father, what do you want for New Bridge? To where you don't even care if he says, go worship under a bridge, literally. What do you want? He responds to that question a lot better than giving him some nasty sacrifice that you call praise and worship when he's like, I don't have anything to do with that. Just because you have enormous churches, that, every, that it's like going into just Chick-fil-A, it's so perfect doesn't mean God's involved with it. God actually prefers chaos like Acts 2 than he does this just perfect, streamlined, stand up straight, wear skinny jeans, great tall communicator. Uh, every, the worship is timed and you got somebody speaking into your ear and you got 30 more seconds. Listen, we love structure and God loves structure and he loves order, but he loves the Holy Spirit above everything. And, and whoever said that the Holy Spirit is such a gentleman and he will never uh, push you to where you don't want to go, you don't know the Holy Spirit. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. He's such a gentleman and he won't do anything you don't want him to do. Are you kidding me right now? Says who and what? If the Holy Spirit wants to pin me to this stage right now, speaking of stages, man, you, make, you get fired up up here. You're going home to Jesus Christ. Look at that thing. <laughs> It's the only stage in the world I've been paranoid of. <laughs> Part one is, God, hear our plans. Because now that we've merged and we just have all these ideas because we're getting our doctorate right now. I am getting my doctorate right now. I love education. I love structure, actually. But I hate anything that doesn't say, what do you want? What do you want? Let's just be honest. It's easier to do that when you're younger, when money gets involved and you have to lead an organization. You start to make decisions based upon what you call wisdom, but a lot of times what we call wisdom, heaven calls unbelief. <laughs> you know what God wants for Newbridge? Go before him and say, what do you want? That's the easy part. The harder part is to be obedient to what he wants. What if he says about Newbridge, I want you to bring in a guest speaker once a month for the next seven years. I want you to build an intercession chapel, and I want the intercession team to be the strongest team on, 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 in the church. I want you to elevate prayer for the next three years. What if he says, I don't want you to plan another sermon series for five years? I want everyone to walk with God, but, and then no one even really knows who's going to preach when they get there on Sunday morning. I, here's what I'm saying. you got to get to the point where you don't care what it, what it looks like. You guys know who Andrew Womack is? 
prophesied over me 15 years ago. He has a global ministry, which, by the way, God told Andrew recently that he was limiting him. And Andrew is like one of the most influential ministers I've ever seen. He, he was asking God for $56 million, and God said, well, I can't give it to you right now because you're limiting me. It's just crazy. God is so much more vast than we are. Um, he looked at me 15 years ago. He's, he's a country hick from Texas. He goes, well, God says you and your wife are a bridge. This is, this is forever ago. So y'all are kind of big deal, and uh, whew, well, the charismatics are going to hate you. And I just stared at him. I didn't know what prophecy was. He said, yep, you're going to write a couple books. Satan tried to, he killed your granddad when you were five. He tried to kill you three times. And man, you're a big deal. You're going to reach millions of people. You're a bridge. But boy, you're going to get shot from both sides of the fence, from the conservatives and the charismatics. It would be 12 years later, my wife and I would birth a church called Bridgeway. We take shots from the left and the right. I make charismatics mad when I talk about structure. I make Baptists mad when I start talking about praying in tongues. Sometimes I wish I just fished somewhere off the coast of Costa Rica and never saw another human being in my life. But here's the deal. When we look around, all we're seeing is breakthrough. People get healed at our church. Blind eyes open. Ears pop, ears pop open. A guy in our network just saw legs regrow uh, this past week that I've, I've mentored for a year and a half. He walks in a greater level of healing, I think, than I, than I do. Women get elevated in our church. Here's the deal. I didn't go to school. I, I, I didn't read a book about, well, here's how you do it. I just said, Father, what do you want? When I took the job at Bridgeway, we were at Palmetto Dunes. And I took a walk on the beach, and I said, what do you want? He said, here's all I want for you. If you will give me all of your sacrifice, I will give you all the fire you ever need. I saw this being a regional center with conferences and training. There's a war right now in the spirit to keep New Bridge a local church. Angels are going to be dispatched here. They are not yet. They are regional angels. There will be a regional stage that lasts for 10 to 12 years and then it will go global. Money will flow into this place. You won't even know how it's happening. There will be cultural diversity here. Women are going to be elevated here. The, the gifts are going to explode here. I saw uh, both Dustin and Jeff, and I think I spoke this over you guys a while ago, Dustin uh, and Jeff, and there's going to be more that are added to a leadership team that model the fivefold. I, did I speak over you a year ago? I saw you writing a book on how to merge, or was that you? Do you remember this? Do you remember any of this? Um, I see you guys being a model of basically how to do this, how to go, how to merge, how to bridge, how to bridge a conservative with a Pentecostal background, word and spirit, let's just call it that, how to bridge word and spirit, how to bring those things together. Because by the way, there's going to be merges happening. All, the greatest move of God in the history of the world, Wigglesworth said in 1968, would be when the word and spirit get remarried. That's what he said. But what's happening here, it's this simple. Here's what a regional church is. As it happens here, God wants you guys to multiply this place everywhere. The, the nickname in the spirit in the angelic realm over Newbridge is multiplication. See, local churches don't want to multiply themselves. They want to hoard and they want to lord. It's a peasant system. So I'm the great man of God. Let's just hypothetically say we build a huge stage where I can stand up above you like this. And I'm, I'm kidding. I'm the great man of God. You just keep giving me your tithes and taxes and I'll keep you in oppression in the whole feudal system in England back in the day. Here's what God is saying. Newbridge is going to give itself away all the time. Give itself away. There'll be people that come here, they'll live here for a year, and they just want to be here, and then they're supposed to go. There'll be people that anchor down here forever. This thing is about to be like the... Um, I see the picture of that place in New York, a Grand Central Station. 
where people coming and going. People don't come and go in local churches. They sit and hide, and they just be quiet, and they sound real Christian all the time. They don't want to make a mistake because God's out to get you, and you get to the end of your life, and what have you done? Well, I didn't do anything, but I just stayed away from the big stuff. Newbridge is intended to run the devil out of a region. If Newbridge says yes, wealth will follow. There is a war in this place right now. I called a prophet friend of mine today, Brian Schwartz. He operates on a level that's just ridiculous. I'm driving to Orlando today. I'm going to film with Sean Bowles, Jamie Galloway, and Brian Schwartz. You find three guys more prophetic than those guys, and I want to know who they are. Um, I didn't tell Brian. I, didn't, I told him I was in Atlanta. Didn't tell him the name of the church. Didn't tell him anything. I said, uh, give me a word. What's going on about this church where I am? And he said, uh, there is a war in the spirit right now over this place, and God has something for this place, and there's something, there's something not right. There's something being taken right now and stolen by the enemy. Well, I told Jeff last night that in what's happening right now is the enemy has actually been stealing financially over this church. Many of you, it's, it's, you're not even aware of what's going on, and it's okay. It's not like some sin. There, there is, has been a word from heaven spoken over this place, and the demonic realm is doing everything it can to make it happen. What's about to happen is Jeff is going to teach a series on first fruits. Mark my words. Hold me accountable. If I'm wrong, you can stone me with a bad email, but I'm not wrong on this. After this series on first fruits, what's about to happen is this place is going to turn into an apostolic uh, sending center. It's going, to, it's going to happen really fast, and wealth is going to flow into this place. There's something being broken off today just by me blessing this thing. We're going to do a little ceremony with the leadership here at the end. There's going to be a drastic change as of today. I, and by the way, I'm not, I'm not an overhyped guy. I am really, I'm like a Jimmy Buffett, honestly, if you hang out with me. I don't like fast boats, fast cars. I'm really laid back. I'm not a rah-rah guy. Would you agree with that? Like, I'm just very, I'm kind of boring. I'm kind of chill. If I, I'm not, this is just truth. This is fact. God's plans on this place is to unzip this place in the angelic realm. You will notice an overnight change if you do a couple of things. Go after first fruits, and Jeff will lead that out. And if you will be open to the angelic realm and place intercession at the center of this church starting right now. And by the way, I'm not talking about just have a, a few people that love intercession to make it a, a core value and a core passion. Our church dramatically shifted when I built a $28,500 intercession chapel and encouraging people just to go to war over Bridgeway. Since then, I don't have time to describe what's been happening to our church. It's just insane. Um, let's go to Proverbs 23, 7. Jesus says 18 times in the New Testament, let it be done to you as you have believed. Let that sink in. 18 times. Let it be done to you as you have believed. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Here's what's going on. You can either see Newbridge. I'm talking about from the second this service is over forever as a local church or an apostolic sending house. And by the way, this invitation does not come to many places. And once a word is spoken, the window begins to close. And when it closes, it closes forever. Ask King David and ask Saul. We were talking about that last night with that word to David. If you jump through the window when the word is spoken, that's when you step into the promise. Most people, when they get a word like that, they'll evaluate it for so long that they think they're being wise. It's actually unbelief. And it's only until years later when they realize, oh, my heavens, I put a spiritual spin on this, but I actually missed it. 
because we judge these things based upon fruit. I will come back here one day, and this will be my sermon. I told y'all. And then I will sit down and go eat somewhere, somewhere with somebody. I told y'all. Everyone say if. Yeah. It's mine and my wife's favorite word in the scriptures. I'm going to write a book called If One Day. John 15, 1 through 5. If any man abides in me. Well, hang on. If. Fruit is not produced on the Father's end. Fruit is produced when I sink into what he's saying. Uh, remember when he gave that story to the Lord about the storm coming? But he said, both men heard only one built on rock, one built on sand. They both got the same word. Hearing God is not hard. It says in the scriptures, my sheep shall know my voice. It's obeying what you've heard. But once you obey, yes, you do bump into the enemy. But you know what? If I'm not bumping into the enemy from time to time, it's because me and him are going in the same direction. Back when I had a nervous breakdown at 28, I was on Klonopin, Xanax, Zoloft. Scared to death of the enemy. 15 years later, instead of saying, oh God, please just... Don't let him get to me. I tell God, tell him where I'm at every second of every day. If he pops his head up, I'll cut it off with the word of God every day. I mean, Satan's in the upper room with Jesus Christ. Can you imagine some of our intercessors? I just plead the blood. I plead the blood. Don't let Satan in here. No, 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 no. Let him come in here and hear so much truth that he never wants to come back again. I'm serious. I'm serious. I've had Satan stand in my hall one night at 4 o'clock in the morning. Y'all need to read my book. I'm not somebody that hasn't tangled. I've tangled with a witch doctor in Haiti that my Haitian interpreter, spirit-filled, tongue-talking interpreter, who's full of God, was so scared to death that he, his name is Christopher. He was dizzy and paranoid. I put my face this close in front of a witch doctor's face. I'm not saying this for some ivory tower. I've seen, I've seen stuff I could talk about for a long, 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 long time. I'm not saying that we make fun of the enemy. I'm just saying at some point you got to stand up and realize who you are, where you're going, how you're going to get there, but then multiply yourself into the lives of people so that when heaven looks down at the earth, they don't see a bunch of cute, respectful, quiet people who think humility is keeping your mouth shut and sitting in a seat and giving tithes. You should be causing the enemy problems every day. The only reason you're in here is to connect with the family, but then to go. Communities that don't multiply typically turn into a cesspool of bitterness and anger and, and, and disunity, which is the language and culture of hell. All successful home groups and cell groups should be multiplying. The church was never supposed to be a clique. Jesus says to uh, Simon Peter, when Simon Peter said, what about this guy? Talking about John. He goes, you don't worry about him. You just follow me. He's going to follow me. And Simon, when you were young, you went wherever you wanted to. But as you get older, they will drag you where you don't want to go. Here's what I'm saying. Simon Peter is scared of a slave girl. About 80 days later, 100 days later, he's now so full of boldness, he stands in front of the Sanhedrin. And church history tells us that when he got crucified, he was laughing and basically mocking them. How do you go from being so scared and just looking for someone to continue to enable your insecurities that's what I was at 28, to a person where you're laughing no matter what comes your way. Here's the only way you do it. You build intimacy with the Father. You realize this is not your home, and you're not here to build a little click church. You're here to train up, raise up, and release. There was a, um, there was a this is kind of funny, but not really. Uh, my son, my eight-year-old, his name's Jack. He's the one that threatens to put me back on medication. Uh, he found a baby bird yesterday, two days ago, and he would not stop holding this baby bird, a little tiny little thing. And uh, 
I got a word of knowledge. The Holy Spirit said that bird is going to die if he doesn't quit holding that bird. Because birds are intended to be pushed out of a nest. They're not intended to, to stay with the mom. The mom will literally kick those things out of the nest. Well, I got a phone call last, <laughs> last night while we were eating dinner. And they, they named him uh, Finley. And uh, Jack was crying. I was like, what in the world? I thought, oh my goodness, what's going on? Well, Finley died yesterday afternoon. It was tragic to Jack. And I'm thinking, okay, I can't tell him right now. I told you, son, God told me the bird's going to die if you don't leave him alone. And he's just bawling and bawling and bawling and bawling. And I just thought in that moment, that is exactly what God's called me to do. We think church is just getting people into a nest and always cuddling and enabling and, and just loving on that. We're intended to actually, for us to be raised up, to let go of our insecurities and to push others out of the nest. Uh, by the way, I saw uh, uh, seven eagles this morning. It was five to seven eagles. It might have been five. I don't know. In, in the spirit. And they were flying around in the spirit. And God says this place is an eagle's nest. And an eagle's nest is always synonymous with fivefold. And has God already shown you that? Fivefold and raising up others to go. This place is a go place, not a come place. And what's interesting is you will numerically grow. But it's more important how you are growing outside of this building than you are in it. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you something. If you guys, if you grow in here and not out there, you've chosen the wrong path. The way to judge success on the word that God's given this place, are you growing out there? I saw home groups exploding. I saw uh, a, a literal fire coming on this house to where it's just like people talking to each other. Like, What's the Lord doing with you? It's just like the heat is rising. The heat is rising. The heat is rising. Um, he said, you don't need strategy or slick marketing. You need me, your father. The father desires to elevate Newbridge right now. Intercession must be placed at the forefront. I said that. Purity and character can be crutches. Don't hear me saying don't walk in purity and character. That's not what I'm saying. I want to walk in purity and character. But I want the enemy to know my name and I want to cause him lots of problems. Because the kingdom of God is not a matter of... It's not a matter of talk. It is a matter of power. People should be getting healed here a lot. People should be falling under the presence of God because it's so strong in here. Here's how you will know that you're moving into an apostolic season. The Father's showing me right now. When angelic, when the angelic activity increases at a place, the atmosphere, it like doubles and triples with just his literal presence. I'll give you a couple examples. At Bridgeway, a year and a half ago, in our sanctuary, which eerily looks similar to this one, a 90-foot glory cloud appeared in our literal sanctuary. Not by faith. I don't mean in the spirit. In, in the natural. And uh, it was 9 o'clock in the morning. And I talk with God all the time. He's my best friend. I ask him about everything. I said, what do you want me to do about it? What do you mean to do? And he said, go talk about it. And the whole way to the stage, I'm thinking, well, what am I supposed to talk about? And so this is what I said. Uh, maybe signs are there to make you wonder. And I want to keep our eyes on the God behind this cloud and not start chasing weird things. That's all I said. We've had uh, oil show up on people's hands when they're praying for people. We've had the presence of God so strong um, in the past year. One time I had to hang on to the pulpit. I felt, I felt like I had taken a drug or something. I never did drugs, but I, I, I couldn't hardly stand up. You're moving into an apostolic realm when the angels just begin to have a lot of fun. He's showing me right now. They are bored to tears in, in a lot of churches. I actually, he said most churches. They're bored 
the church in the West, they're bored. May they be so not bored here that they have to fist fight over each other which one gets the assignment at Newbridge. Uh, I heard the word hunger three times. Hunger, hunger, hunger. Can we look at Jeremiah 29, 13? This is the banner in which you guys will sit under for a long time. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Hunger will be the staple of this house. By the way, it already is. Don't hear me say, this is not going from zero to 100 miles an hour. This is going from, this invitation is not for everybody. You're on the precipice of going from like ridiculous hunger to like, okay, this thing is now turned in. Okay, he's reminding me, uh, Bethel Church in Redding, California, when Bill and Benny took that job, uh, 1,200 people left the church as soon as they took the job. Isn't that a great first moment when 1,200 people leave your church? And all they said is, Holy Spirit, come. And when they prayed, Holy Spirit came, he did come, and everything changed. I was in San Francisco a month and a half ago, and I went to the place in which Lonnie Frisbee received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. John Wimber, Lonnie Frisbee, and these guys released a literal Jesus people movement, and it all started with hunger, hunger, hunger. It, it, it can never be overrated. It's never overrated. Hunger is the, the gift from the Father. Do you know what you do, by the way, when you're really hungry? You keep eating. And it's different in the natural. In the natural, if you keep eating, you know what happens. You can't move. It's the actual opposite in the spirit. In the kingdom, the more you eat, the more he'll give you. And so hunger only comes from the Father. There is a tremendous gift of hunger on this house right now. If you say yes to the hunger, it will triple this calendar year. 2017 is, a, is an epoch year. It's a kairos year. There is a grace in the kingdom. We're 500 years removed from the Protestant Reformation. Let this, sink, let this sink in. I want you to look back at some of the crazy things, even athletically, that has happened in this past year. Falcons are up 28-3. This crazy comeback thing happens. The Cavaliers hadn't won a title in basketball in forever. Chris Falton just preached about this at, in, in Reading. I love this word he gave. Um, the Cubs have, have never done it. There's something in the atmosphere on 2017. The number 17 itself is about overcoming the enemy and getting a tremendous, like, hundredfold blessing. All you have to do with this thing is just open your mouth and he's going to feel it. This is not some straining. This is not some legalistic thing. All you have to do this morning is say yes. And once you say yes, it is like it's own. It is own. This is not the cute little safe church to just sit in the back and feel comfortable. This, this is the hunger house. God calls this place the hunger house. It's a hunger house. And, 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 and when, you, when you rip into that thing, you get so much of God. Honestly, on your worst day in leadership, you're better than 99% of other people because you have God. Most people don't see the Holy Spirit land because there is no runway for them to land. Give them a runway. All he wants is a runway. Just give them a runway. One week of fasting and prayer and consecration is way more powerful than getting 10 doctrines. Holy Spirit, come. Just sit in silence for a second. We'll have Dustin and Jeff come up on stage. I'm just going to pray over you guys. And if I could have the rest of the leadership team just stand, and elders, if they could just stand in the front of the stage.
already know their answer, so I don't have to ask. I'm just going to speak a blessing of consecration. If I could have this faith family just stand up and extend hands towards this leadership team. Can you hold that so I can put my hand on you? Years from now, we'll look back on this day. No one will remember my name because it doesn't matter. This is the day that the God of the universe has decreed that this place is turning in to a massive move of God for a region and then the globe. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to come, but not for a visit, for complete habitation. I just right now unzip that thing in the angelic realm. We welcome you, Father, and all your mighty angels that want to set up a literal military base here. I bless this house with war, not with each other, with the enemy. May this be the most unified staff in all of Atlanta, and I literally mean that. I bless this house with John 17 unity, but I also bless this house with war. From this day forward, this is war. This is personal. This is for a massive harvest. I bless this house with a massive harvest. I bless you, Jeff, with a wisdom you've never even walked in. I bless you. I see a mantle of leadership on you, Dustin, on you. I see a massive pastoral gift. People are so drawn to you, and you're going to just train up many, many others. I bless y'all's relationship. I bless this place with such tight unity that there's laid down lovers that want to die for each other. I ask, Father, from this time forward, this house would increase in dramatic finances and hunger for you. May this be a place of hunger. There's strong intercession all around you. I see it in the Spirit, and I see you guys just putting intercession at the, at the front of this whole movement. God's not calling Newbridge to lead a church. He's actually calling you guys to lead an apostolic movement. And the whole thing is about multiplication, 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 multiplication. Many of you in this room will go. And where you go, you will establish beachheads. May you never have a plan for your own life. May you never seek a title. May you just want to kick him right in his face, the enemy, the rest of your life. In Jesus' name, amen.